It's Get to Work Hurley, your monthly podcast of all things Cameron Hurley, with your host, Cameron Hurley. And now, Cameron Hurley. It's me! Who's our guest this uh, this week, Tim? Well, joining us this week is an author who has a new book out October 4th called Station Eternity. Let's welcome to the podcast, Mer Lafferty. Is that it? Can't you be like award-winning podcaster? <clears throat> Hugo Award-winning podcaster, Mer Lafferty. And I love how Cameron. Mer love how Cameron's got <laughs> my back. That's probably yeah. The uh, I think it's because you're just too well known to all of us, Mer, and, the, and to, <laughs> to the to the listenership. Where there's be like, oh, it's Mer again. Oh, I see God. you a lot of times during the week, so it's like, oh yeah, it's Mer. It's Mer. How's it going? I'm like, Mer is amazing. Because <laughs> it is. It's like that thing when you like when you have when you start to know a lot of people and you don't realize that you sound like a dick for talking about all the people that you know. Because it's just like I just know those people. Yeah. But anyway, Mer is amazing, and we are very pleased to have her on the podcast. We need a theme song. It's like da 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 da. It's Mer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the musician. I'll do, I'll work on that. Yeah, it's like I I, I got uh, Cameron. I got called out by uh, Ursula Vernon's husband by mentioning I had like lunch with Cory Doctorow. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so you're just saying that? Like, you just got lunch with Cory Doctorow? I'm like, yeah, I got lunch with Cory. I just sorry. I, the people I know. Yeah. yeah. What you didn't mention is that you hopped on your private plane and had lunch with him in Gdansk. And then yes. after back. leaving the Skywalker Ranch. Yes. You know. <laughs> after brunching with Steven at the Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> or, you know, after having brunch in the uh, the beautiful Hurley Garden Compound. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the Hurley Compound, as they call it. We're yeah. transitioning from summer to fall. Tell us about what the garden is now looking like. Uh, well, I've harvested a lot of watermelons and the last of the squash. I've actually, it's decorative gourd season now. So I've gone through, I've picked up all the decorative gourds and I, they are now on my porch and they look great. Um, and yeah, mostly now's the, now's the time of year where if I had any money, I would be buying bulbs, um, but, or flower bulbs, but it is, it's not not a flush royalty season so far, so probably not going to be getting a lot of bulbs this year. But that's usually the next step is that, yeah, in November, I start to plant flower bulbs, um, and then I hunker down. Then I get a bunch of books from the library. I just picked up, like, 30 books from the library, um, and then hunker down 30? until March. Yeah. People always freak out 30, 40. Yeah, I get, like, 30 or 40 at a time because what I do is I get a lot of just random things, and I'll read a couple pages. And if it's interesting, great. I'll keep reading it. If it's not, I throw it back. So, and that, I only get through, I only get actually read, fully read like a third of them, but it's going, it's giving myself just lots of time to go through them and see if they spark my interest. So you so, treat the library of- like, like you're a fisher. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, You know, we'll throw them all in the boat, throw yeah. them all in the boat and we'll throw them back as, as we come across them. So, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So when you say, like, I read that book, would you include a book that you only read the first 10 pages? Like, I only watched the first episode of that show, but I did watch that show. 
No, I, I'm not one of those. I do have to say like, yeah, that I, I read the whole book. Cause sometimes I'll say, oh, well, I tried to start that and couldn't get into it. I will say that all the time. Um, or, oh, I thought parts that were interesting, but couldn't finish it. So no, I'm not, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, look at my big sexy bookshelf of books I've never read. It's like either they are to be read or they are read. So all these are read back here for those watching the video. And I have some in here downstairs and by my bed, those are unread. Those are TBRs. So. What qualifies? And a lot of them to- I won't find out. They'll end up being, you know, we have, uh, in fact, we have a little free library inside our house now. So whenever my husband's gaming friends come over, it's just this big pile. This is free books. And then, and, and you know, the people who are drawn to it, again, like moths to the flame, they'll come in and be like, oh, free books. So it's working. It's doing its magic. You should just hide them around the garden and let people find them like little free book. Uh, I'll let people in my garden, Tim. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's my space. Get out of my yard. Kids, get off my lawn. Again, I think you have a perfect opportunity to make money during the Halloween season. Yes. By, my by husband said that. Mm-hmm. Having your dogs hunt yeah. groundhogs while the children are there. <laughs> yes. And give them a it's real horror. scare. It's pretty gross. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday was pretty, pretty exceptional. I mean, Pepper just because they disembowel, they flip it over and they go for the belly and they just fully disembowel it. And then they bring it upstairs and the guts are literally trailing behind them down the stairs. Right. And then he brought it because me and my husband are both upstairs. My husband's got pneumonia. So he's been feeling sick. So it brings this it to plops it into the bed with my husband. My husband's like, honey. <laughs> trying to take it of course pepper's like you don't have a good enough treat for me to trade for this thing grabs it again runs back downstairs with it the guts trailing <laughs> after it so yeah that's just another heartwarming story from hurley shire so there you go yeah that's like a real circle of life walk. kind of thing going on there yeah. that is that is hardcore somehow mm-hmm. it's on brand for the yes. uh-huh. <laughs> for nicks you know what such. i should have done i realized afterwards because i just bag them up i throw them in the trash I was like, oh, shoot, I have chickens now. I could have just thrown it to the chickens. The chickens would have pecked that thing clean. Next time. I'm worried that you know that there's a next time. Oh, there's always a next time. There's a reason my yard has no groundhogs eating the heads off mums and sunflowers anymore because of those dogs. Uh, It sucks, but uh, it sucks to have murder constantly in my backyard. But (laughs) my flowers are safe. <laughs> so, Murder yard in your backyard and your bed. Well, your the bed clearly safe. Yeah, that was some <laughs> real Godfather stuff there. Yeah. Jeez. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got. At least we were awake. I mean, at least you didn't bring it in the middle of the night. Yeah. I think. I nice. think the best thing to do is to to tell your spouse that uh, he imagined that in a fever. <laughs> yes. This didn't happen. <laughs> Oh, hey, shoot. speaking of murder. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of. Let's talk about um, what Murr has on tap for the release of this book. Uh, Murr, would you like to share the details of the upcoming Station Eternity Live? Yes. Uh, I have gotten together with some friends of mine, and we are going to be doing a uh, live audio drama table read type thing should probably not put type thing on there on the actual promotion (laughs) um and uh 
performing it on Twitch live on uh, October 1st. So if you go to twitch.tv slash Mighty October 1st, 7 p.m. Eastern, you will see the dramatized first couple of chapters of my book uh, read out in audio drama form. This is an idea I got when the uh, all the remaining cast, there aren't, actually, there aren't actually a lot of dead ones. It was almost a full cast of The Princess Bride got together and did a live table read over video of the movie uh, in 2020. And I, that seemed like such a cool thing you don't see anybody doing. Uh, you see people doing audio dramas via podcasts now. Um, you know, I... My audio drama for a podcast was in 2007, so I clearly was a little early there, but um, not bitter. But uh, you're I just ahead of your time, Murray. You're a trendsetter. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, but I'm the, I'm the Hydrox. I'm like, you know, Hydrox was first, but Oreo is the the actual sandwich cookie. So um, it's I like QP and Wendy's. I understand. Yes. So. Um, yeah, we're going to be re I, I dramatized the first couple of chapters. Um, the, if if my math goes right, it's about 30 minutes to 45 minutes. It's not going to be long, but it's just essentially giving the first couple of chapters to give a sense of who these people are and what they're dealing with. Um, and we're going to be doing it live and it's weird and overwhelming and exciting. Who are your special guests? Or are you saving that announcement? Uh, my special guests are uh, Brian Gray, who is a uh, popular variety streamer on Twitch. And um, I've got Amanda Berry, who is a uh, narrator, uh, audiobook narrator. Um, I've got almost the whole cast of the Little League RPG, which is uh, streams on Twitch and you can find it on YouTube. It's a fun horror RPG and I've got almost the whole cast helping me out here and then i've got uh numbers ninja who is my kid and agreed to help out and then i've got an old friend of mine who's been a voice on the podcast from way back uh john smar so uh yeah that's that's who i've got going on it was strangely harder to cast because i'm not I, I don't have a huge community of, of close podcaster friends anymore. Back in, in 2007, it's just you ask your podcast friends and they say yes, because you're all asking each other to all do all different things all the time. And uh, this time it was it was it was more challenging. Are they still podcasting? Because a lot of people dropped off from 10 years ago that are doing podcasts. Some are not. Um, some I'm just not in touch with. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, can you uh, just so people at home are who might be curious, can you give us like the log line for Station Eternity? Yes, Station Eternity is Murder She Wrote meets Babylon Five. I take the trope that every amateur sleuth um, book series or television series relies upon not addressing which is murders keep happening around this person. And that's pretty weird. And actually make it front and center in that I've got an amateur sleuth around whom murders happen and everyone's terrified of her. And uh, she gets pretty 
lonely and uh, doesn't like it when murders happen around her, but solves them because she finds it relatively easy. But uh, when first contact happens and she realizes there's an alien space station that's not real keen on humans being tourists just yet, she's thinking, well, maybe I can get up there among aliens and not have people just drop like flies around me. And so she petitions this station and um, gets to go live there for a little while. And things go great. No one dies. It's awesome. But that's not a book. So what happens is the station does allow tourism and a shuttle of humans to come and um mallory is worried something bad's going to happen and since this is a book something bad happens it's not just 300 pages of people sitting around having conversations like a like a kevin smith movie from the 90s no no it's not <laughs> it's, it's it's hey but those people did get into angry conversations to be yeah fair. there was conflict yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's it, no, it's not that. But that you know, with, with aliens on an alien space station, that might be even even more exciting. Maybe I should just write that as the sequel, just the Kevin Smith type version of Station Eternity. Probably like not in the style of Kevin Smith. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now there's a subtitle. It's the Midsolar Murders. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that there is going to be? uh another book like is this yes. a series yes this is a series um it's funny i'm i'm i <laughs> my friends know me as a pun hater i'm just not into wordplay and, and part of it's jealousy because my brain doesn't think like that like it just i like to tell stories and that's when the words present themselves to me but when it comes to snappy comebacks and fun puns I, they they just don't occur to me or appeal to me but uh, I have a friend who does love puns, and when I told him what I was working on, he came up with the term "midsolar murders" uh, upon on "midsummer murders," which is a popular uh, British show. And I think it started out as books. Did it, Cameron? You yeah, know these I things. Hair, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I know that. Or Caroline, Caroline Green. Anyway. Yeah, I yes. believe it was a woman, but I think you're right. Um. Anyway. And so we we decided on that as the subtitle. But yes, um, I have turned in book two already, uh, the rough draft anyway, and I'm awaiting edits on those. Um, it's doesn't have a title yet. I'm not very good with titles. So, but Station Eternity didn't have a title for a long time either. So I'm pretty sure it will have a title at some point. <laughs> it just Midsolar Murders two. Um, yeah, that's more murdering. I do have another sorry. More murdering. More murdering. There you go. I'll give you that one. Mur murdering. No. Murdering. No. 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 I like how quickly she shut that down. No. <laughs> sorry, is that a pun? No, I think that was just explicit text. That wasn't even subtext. It's yeah, yeah. Well, some people yeah. like me, they need it laid out. I'm not. Uh, I'm not good with subtext. So that's why I. That's why I only listen to Limp Biscuit. I just need complete text, <laughs> no subtext. Break stuff. Um, when you're writing a series, I'm asking this from the like the fan reader perspective. Do you have a plotted out like multiple books, or is it book by book? 
Um, well, I talked to my editor about this in the beginning, uh, rather as I was, as we agreed that I was going to do a book two. I have a three book deal, but we hadn't officially said I was going to do three Midsolar murder books. Um, as we were talking about book two, I said, okay, so do I need to be thinking about this like a uh, trilogy or a series? Because I'd never actually thought about it, but it's it's pretty important because a trilogy has, you know, beginning, middle and end and pretty standard structure. Um, and but series is just like monster of the week type stories. And they said they wanted a series. So we're going to be doing standalone um, pro standalone stories, but they are going to be linked because you know there there are things that happen in book one that have some pretty drastic consequences in book two but there's no major arc i'm just going to keep telling the story as long as they let me or until i run out of ideas got it cameron for you when you are writing books are, are, is it series or are you have like a defined trilogy with like you know god's war or the World Breaker series? Um, I have not, I have not pitched a, especially like something again, like Murr is working on. Clearly I would like to, I have actually one called The Body Garden that I'm working on, which is the gardener turned assassin. That's um, right. I remember you talking about this. Former, former assassin turned gardener, gardener turned assassin. Anyway. I am um, so there for this. Yeah, so I have I have lots of notions of that, but it is I I, I very much uh, ascribe to the because um, I read a lot of and I watch a lot of uh, murder shows and murder books, and I do like the one where you have the the main character who actually really doesn't change too much, but you have like the murder of the book, right? So you have so it's everyone is a self contained like Poirot, you know, the murder of you know there's a murder and the character generally stays the same, and after a while you just kind of haha ha, laugh along with how cute the character is and not changing um so that's kind of the approach i think i would take with that but yeah mostly i've, I've been doing pretty strict trilogies um again for the reason just that they're they're the easier sell and you never know with these you know kinds of um books like how how many do i get and i guess if they decide they don't want them i guess i can self-publish them you know i've been self-publishing a lot of the nicks um stories via Patreon. And with those, you know, again, with the God's Word trilogy, I initially, you know, wrote that as a trilogy, but it's a perfect murder of the week, right? There's a, there's a quest. It's a quest story. Oh, we have this, you know, we got to go get this X thing. We got to go kill this person. We have to go bring this person in. Um, and I really enjoy writing those because they are um, very easy as far as the plot goes with a quest, very quest plot. Um, I do enjoy the quest plot um, kind of narrative. So, so yeah, I'm definitely interested uh, in doing more of that. But yeah, mostly I've just done just done trilogy. And with trilogy, I do like to have because to me, what keeps it going with a trilogy is you know you want to have some kind of sense of closure with that first book. But so you have like these these intersecting lines. You have the overarching um, narrative that goes across all three the questions you're going to ask and that from beginning to end, and then you have these smaller stories in the middle, right? that get resolved in each book. So you have a feeling of, as a reader, you have a feeling of, oh, closure and catharsis and all of that. Um, so that's that's kind of the approach that I usually take when I do a series. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely a different kettle of fish, as they say, or boat of fish, 
or boat of ideas or whatever. So boat of books. I'm bringing it's a call back, back Tim. It's a call okay. Back. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got it. All right. I was wondering, trying to, I was trying to wrap my mind around that. I, I was, I was with you, Cameron. Analogy. Again, all, all text, no subtext. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep it surface level with me. Um, let's talk about real quick what you've been watching or reading recently. Let's start with our guest, Murr. Um, I restarted Gideon the Ninth because I wanted to uh, remember what happened when I read Known of the Ninth, which just came out. Mm -hmm. And frankly, Harrow of the Ninth is pretty bizarre. So I felt the need to revisit that story. Is Nona the Ninth about like a a a, a grandmother named Nona, like <laughs> who makes who makes really good pasta from scratch? I actually and... don't know. It's it's she's she's written very different two very different books so far about two different people, and uh, somehow connected them. And I assume Nona is going to be the same. I just imagine it's a woman in Italy. She makes her own pasta. She's, she's, you know, she barely speaks any English, but she's got and, some really good recipes. And the, and the, the necromancers come in where? <laughs> and they steal the, and they steal her pasta recipe. So she oh. like guns up like Arnold in commando. She like goes over to the gun shop and like loads up. And then she goes after those necromancers, like say hello to my little Nona. No. Okay. Well, I'll write I that one. I think writing fanfic about something you haven't read should be its own uh, genre. That's a great idea. It's the Hugo category, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Blind yeah. What do you item think Note of the Ninth is about? Write your fanfic. There you go. Uh, okay, so you've been uh, you've been reading that. What about you, Cameron? Reading, writing, or uh, re watching um, anything? The Thursday Murder Club. I just started reading uh, Cozy Murder Mystery. Um, book set in England and I also just started Babel uh, from Arf Bunk and uh, it is definitely I understand the hype for that one I think I hit the New York bestsellers time list New York whatever it feels early I know it's early uh, the but yeah I hit the bestseller list uh, like as soon as it came out and literally I took the book up to the counter at Barnes and Noble and the bookseller looks at me and goes, oh, I've heard such great things about Babel. And I'm like, oh, the dream, right? <laughs> the dream for all of us authors is like, oh, everyone's yeah. talking about this book. And the bookseller goes, oh, you knew Cameron Hurley. Oh, you have such great taste. So yeah, yeah. good old Rebecca. Uh, she's doing a great job. And it is worth the hype. I did. I read the first couple chapters. Um, and I am uh, working through that one. But it is, it's, it's really good so far. We need to talk about the Thursday Murder Club when you're done. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's another one that sold a, a bazillion shit brick ton. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's another like old people solving mm -hmm. murders old kind of thing. Murder. Yeah. yeah. Like a super old. Shit like, yeah. Bazillion shit brick. Yeah. It's a new, it's a new measurement. Well, I mean, publishing. Publishing doesn't know how to count their books anyway. Might as oh, well God. have a bazillion shit brick yeah, as a number. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's royalty season. So yeah, I've been getting those statements, just looking at them going, I don't, whose idea was this? You're saving $500, a reserve against return for an 11 year old book. I don't, I will never see that $500. <laughs> You're going to sit on it until I literally die. What does that mean? Reserve against return. Reserve 
good turns. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's say uh, bookstores order 50, a bookstore orders 50 books. And they don't pay you for those 50 books until they actually sell the 50 books, right? So, so they might sell, let's say, three quarters of those. So they'll sell, I don't know, 35 of those books and they'll send the rest back to you and they'll ask for return. So when we do, and they can do that up to a year or eight months or something. I don't know. It depends on their contract. Um, so what the books, so what the, your publisher does is they will hold an amount back and it's usually 20, 30% and say, okay, well, we have given 50 books to these people, but we know they're probably going to send some back. So we're only going to pay you for, you know, the, the 30 that we think they'll actually sell. Well, the issue with this particular book is there's not a whole lot of the books actually out there on the shelves anyway, um, because it mostly is on ebook. And um, what they're doing is they're saying, well, we sent out 50 books, but we think 45 will probably come back. <laughs> you're like, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think it will. I don't think so. But, um, and that is a problem with this particular publisher that many people have complained about is they tend to withhold a lot more um, than other publishers do. And that's all I can legally contractually say about them. So essentially it's consignment. Yeah, all books are sold in consignment. Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, no, that's why we're fucked. Yeah, um, that's why we can be like, yeah, we just sold 5,000 books. And then you come back in your next royalty statement, they're like, actually you sold 1,000 books. <laughs> um, no, that, that can happen. And that's, that's actually a, a, a horror, right? That you don't want to happen um, is that you send out 10,000 books and, you know, 8,000 books come back. The hope is that you sell, you sell it through. It's what you want to do. And then they order more. Um, but usually you're going to sell, especially if it's a first, you know, release or say you're going to sell, you know, 60, 80% of the books and yeah, the rest come back. Um, then they, that's why the accounting is so draconian a lot of the times where um, the uh, printed books is because for that exact reason, like, I think, I don't think you should be able to send them back, you know, after three months or whatever, but um, to get a bigger initial order, that's how they have, you know, wheeled and dealed for that is to say, well, if you take a whole bunch and you, it's visibility, right? If you take a whole bunch and you put them on the shelves, that's going to give us better visibility. Whereas if you only take five, cause you're like, well, I have to only take five then you're not going to do as much visibility. So it's, it's a very draconian, weird business. So it's weird because especially with print on demand now, it seems like it'd be a lot easier to get books out quickly. You would think, but I guess print on demand is still fairly expensive as opposed to, and that, which doesn't make any sense either. Cause you're like, well, I, yeah, we, we printed 20,000 copies, but then they have to sit in a warehouse. So then you have to pay for the space for them to sit in a warehouse. Right. And 20,000 copies. But again, a lot of it is you want, a lot of it still relies on that visibility of sales. We pay, the publishers pay for placement, which a lot of people don't realize. When you walk into Barnes and Noble, all those tables, those are 99.999% of them are paid placements. The publisher has paid a certain amount of money for them to make your book visible um, by putting it out there as opposed to back on the shelves, you know, in the section. It's the same so. thing as grocery stores. Yep. It, people think of, bookstores is being like this like oh people hang out there and staff um, pick the books and yeah, put these displays is, you together know, and they like, do have occasional yeah right like oh right. staff pick but for the most part again 999 percent is just selling widgets yeah 
Oh yeah, just, we're selling just, yeah. just like the grocery stores pushing hamburger buns in the summer, and you know it's because yep. it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we've ruined the uh, the mystique of of writing. Okay, uh, let's direct people <laughs> to Murr's yeah, website. Murr's about to cry over there. Murr's <laughs> like, oh god, now I'm depressed all over again. What are these idiots talking <laughs> about? No, I know what you're talking about. No, that's why knows. I'm depressed. No, you... no, that's why it's depressing. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like you, you know, you know these things, and but you have to convince yourself to forget it, else you won't write another book. Because why the hell would you? So yeah. you got to forget the nasty parts and just think, oh, I'm going to tell a wonderful story. Yeah, and, and the work itself is the true reward. Yeah. No, I that's what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and also royalty statements that come on time and yeah. that are not 90% of what is actually on the shelf. Yeah. No, I hear you. This is a get to work. This is a professional advanced writing podcast. So you get all the good and the bad here. folks. Yeah. So yeah, shit gets real. Oh yeah. Uh, shit also gets real at merverse.com. <laughs> it's a segue. <laughs> That's a nice segue. Uh, keep it real by reading about the upcoming live performance of Station Eternity on the Station Eternity Live page. You can also there uh, check out episodes of Murr's podcasts, I Should Be Writing, and Ditch Diggers. Ditch Diggers is the professional uh published uh business veteran businessy version digging the ditches and i should be writing is more for like debut authors or not even selling anything authors oh so if you don't if your book actually doesn't sell that's a good podcast to go on and uh talk about why it was a failure no Oh, okay. Let's start over. Okay. Re I should reboot. be writing is meant to, talk about to give now. people in to give people <laughs> knowledge and enthusiasm about starting uh doing anything creative because we are our worst enemies. It is not that the publishers say you cannot write. It is that the publishers say we don't want to buy this story and you tell yourself we cannot write and then you quit. You are the mm. ones who you stop that. You're the one who ends that. And so I'm. this podcast is trying to convince you that you should not make that decision. Instead, you should try to learn more and get better at your craft and not let yourself talk yourself out of doing it. Um, the people who are on the show talk about their books and also talk about writing from a point of view of, like, give the beginners some advice on you know, whether world building or how not to quit or whatever. So um, I, I the, the list would be very long of people who tried to sell their book and didn't. Um, and I, I wouldn't know how to choose those guests. So that would well, be Well, Mer, I, I wrote a lot of books that I didn't sell. So technically I could be. <laughs> well, sure. Everybody also, is. going through failures until you succeed is another good thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yep. I only I only phrased it that way because I knew you would become angry and then want to correct me and then give a proper explanation. So I, what I did was you, I antagonized you. I don't know you. what else works, Tim. <laughs> Tell us about this podcast, Mer. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you could just ask me <laughs> instead of start giving out incorrect information, waiting for me to interrupt, which I didn't want to do. because that actually is it. That's actually a useful device. If you go on to Twitter and you confidently say something wrong, people will instantly correct you and, and you'll get the right answer. Even if you really didn't know the correct answer that's in the beginning. Him. How much, emotional like a great labor, how much emotional labor is Twitter doing for you to correct you? Um, I don't understand the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. That I might be because I, I might have some emotional uh, issues to deal with. On, on it's all my... good. It's all good. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Cameron really wants to end this. Uh, <laughs> Merverse.com is where you go for all that information. Also, you can go to CameronHurley.com for all of cameron's information including the patreons two patreons here join them both uh and then also uh if you like what you heard of this podcast consider leaving some positive feedback over at apple podcasts so that get to work early can rise in the rankings of the podcasting world and we can take down the evil npr empire so can i can i say one more thing that we forgot to mention yes Cameron is a uh, once monthly guest host on Ditch Diggers, uh, and and it's it's a lot of fun when Cameron's on, and we do it live for thirty. Just follow her or me because we'll tell you when. Because it's it's not it's it's like every is it the last Monday of the month or the second to last Monday of the month, something like yeah. that. Anyway, but it's it's check it out because we do stream live and then I put it in the feed. So a uh, lot like this only. Um, Probably more swearing, and Tim isn't more, there to give us liquor. quizzes. Yeah, more liquor. We get we get rid of Tim, we the the interloper. <laughs> I was trying to find a good way to say that. <laughs> it's fine. That's all right. Carry on. Uh, Cameron, would you like to send us out? All right, everybody. I uh, hope that you found some of this useful, and now get back to work. <laughs>